Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. Fire family, welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 327. I am your host today, Illumination Spencer, and normally I'm hanging out backstage uh, producing on the backside of things for Jeff, and today he asked me to fill in, so I'm super excited to be on this side of the camera with you guys. Follow us on Spotify, give us a review, share it with your friends, guys. Come on, like this, we do so much great content here. So spread the word, get it out to as many people as possible. And speaking of sharing with your friends, we also are on social media. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Elijah Fire Show. And we post little bite sized chunks of these episodes for you. So if you want to see some Elijah Fire highlights, go ahead and drop us a follow there. Um, If you guys want to support us financially, we have uh, ElijahStreams.com slash donate. And we are are one, supporting everything we're doing here on Elijah Fire, Elijah Streams. You're supporting us being able to do this work for you. And we also are taking all those donations, a portion of them, and we're putting them into our water well efforts. So Michael has a quick video for us and we'll run that right now. We want to share with you what your donations are doing. This is Florence's story. Initially, the leader of the village wanted a water source because he saw the need in the community. And when he reached out to us, she was one of the places that we visited her area. And when we checked the place, there was no water that you could be able to drill a water source, a water well. And so she believed that the water well would be in this area. But with the surveyors, after checking everything, like there was no way and she said, no, that water well is going to be in this place. So she took a step of faith and she was listening to a pastor. And as the pastor was sharing, he mentioned something and said, if there is something that the enemy has taken away from you, it is a point to claim it back. And so she decided to hold the dirt from the ground and claimed the water well in that exact spot. After the surveyors had moved around the whole village and the Shomasi team, they definitely came back to the exact same spot. And that is what the Lord does. She took a step of faith, and now the community is being blessed by the water well that is in this area. Lives are being changed. A number of people have given their lives to Christ exactly at this spot. She is a living like testimony. The water source is just exactly in the town center, and everyone can come and drink from this very source. Clean, safe, and also receive Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. (laughs) So thank you so much. Together, we can continue to bring clean water to those in need. Donate today at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. Thank you guys so much for your support. We so appreciate it. And thank you for also supporting bringing fresh water to all of these people in Uganda, among other countries. We've kind of expanded everything we're doing now. And it's so, it's such an honor for me to be able to partner in doing this work with um, Show Mercy and just be a part of the larger things we're doing here at Elijah Stream. So anyway, it's Friday, you guys. So Drop your weekend plans in the comments. I'm probably going to be uh, finishing up some video games and uh, working on some writing projects. So drop your weekend plans. I want to hear from you. I'll see it later in the chat. But anyway, today we have a fantastic show lined up for you. But before I get into that, I have one more super special announcement that Jeff really wanted me to highlight. So Wednesday, we finished our Healing from Trauma series with Rachel Cordero and Amber Wright. And guys, it was so amazing. If you guys missed that series, go check it out. But next week on November 1st, so that's Wednesday, next Wednesday, we are releasing a new teaching series with Julie Lopez. So she's going to be covering the topic of spiritual warfare, you guys. It is so important that we as Christians know how to deal with spiritual warfare because it's something that we all experience consciously or unconsciously sometimes we don't even realize we're in warfare until we kind of like have the lights turned on and then it's it's just there and we're aware of it so if you guys want to be equipped in that area you guys need to check out the series it is going to be so so powerful so that'll release next wednesday i'm so excited for you guys to see it so without further ado we are going to bring in our guest today ross johnston he is uh the head of california will be saved they're doing amazing work with revival in california and just seeing all the things that he's doing just really makes my heart happy it is so good to see what he's doing in 
uh, right now, even with the LGBTQ. So we're going to get into more of that. So let's give it up for Ross Johnson. Hey, Ross. Hey. So good to be back, man. I love Elijah Fire. And I, yeah, you were right. This is going to be a great show today. So I hope everybody's ready. Buckle up because we're gonna we're gonna do this thing. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna jump right in. So it's been a while since you've been on Elijah Fire, man. Like I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. So can you like tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since the last time you've been on the show? Yeah, well, first off, I had so many people reach out from Elijah Fire, like, man, I saw a previous episode. So man, I'm just so That's grateful right. for all you guys are doing and every person I've had a chance to meet with through social media, email, whatever the case may be. But yeah, I mean, over the last few months, it's actually been just such a journey. I've been saying it like this. I've been traveling like a madman all over America, um, even was in Mexico. But a few things that we really, that really kind of have been highlighted is we did a Hollywood event where we actually shut down Hollywood Boulevard and close to 2,000 Christians showed up. Over 100 people responded to the gospel, 35 baptisms. I mean, everywhere we've been going, we did uh, Huntington Beach. We did the Capitol Steps in Sacramento. And so, man, it's been an incredible last few months. And I'm excited just to share more of, of what God's doing here in the Golden State. That's so awesome. Yeah. And I think it's so cool that I was thinking about this yesterday, kind of pondering what I was going to sort of like really highlight in this episode. But I was thinking about how sometimes we get so trapped in our own lane that we don't really look up to see like what God's doing in other areas. And sometimes I just get so like locked into what I'm doing here that I forget to like go check in on like, what is Ross doing in California right now? Like what's God doing on the East Coast? Like, so it's so cool to see that God's just really bringing waves of revival and moving in big ways in California right now. It's just, man, it blows my mind. And I think it's just so good to just highlight people who are doing things like outside of your sphere. So yeah, kudos to you. Yeah, yeah. it's been great. There's so much more to come. Yeah. So we called this episode the LGBTQ revival. And I want to talk about like, and in your notes, we have revival is happening in the LGBTQ community. So let's just jump right into that. What has God been doing amongst the LGBTQ? Yeah, so just for those who don't know, just a little bit of my story. Um, I was born by artificial insemination, grew up in a lesbian household, two moms, had never been to church. Jesus saves me at 15, and now here I am, you know, 12 years later, getting to just travel America, preach the gospel. But one thing that's really been on my heart is, you know, a lot of people hear my story, and like, that's so incredible. But personally, and, and honestly, I think corporately, it seems to me like we haven't seen a whole ton of breakthrough in the LGBTQ community. And so a few months back, I was messaged by this amazing ministry called Rainbow Revival. And so every person who's on leadership of this ministry actually used to live in the LGBTQ lifestyle, encountered Jesus, and is now pursuing that community to come to know the Lord. And so it was really amazing. They've been doing these things called freedom marches all across America. And there was, I mean, I don't even know the number, but at least hundreds of people at this event and at their previous events who have come out of the LGBTQ lifestyle and are now pursuing Jesus 100% who have repented, who have turned away from that lifestyle and are pursuing Jesus. And so it was so incredible. We did worship. There's like six or seven testimonies that were shared. And then I had the chance to preach the gospel. But more so than that, it was just incredible to hear the stories of how they come out of these lifestyles and the encounters that they had. And so, man, I'm just believing for more and more uh, people in that community to encounter Jesus. That is so, so awesome. Yeah. I saw some of the clips and it looked like, the, like um, I don't know who's the, who's the head of Rainbow Revival. Yeah. So there's actually four people. There's Luis, okay. there's Angel, there's MJ and Kim. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. I saw the worship event where everybody was flagging and it just looked like, honestly, y'all were having a party. And I was like, man, I want to be in that room. <laughs> <laughs> it was a party. Yeah. That is so, so cool. So I actually wanted to ask you this question about, because obviously because you're upbringing with having two moms and obviously same sex, sex attraction or having gender confusion in general is a huge issue in Gen Z particularly. And I know you and I both are in Gen Z. So um, I wanted to ask you this. What was the, so one, practically with you um, preaching the gospel to a lot of LGBTQ now, what does it look like for Christians to practically help walk people out of that lifestyle? So we'll start there and I have more questions, but yeah. I just really want to like, pick your brain about what does it practically look like to bring somebody like that into freedom 
going out yeah. of the LGBTQ lifestyle? Well, I think sometimes as Christians, and, and I don't think, I think there's obviously always people who don't have a pure heart, but I would say a majority of the church has a pure heart. And sometimes we've elevated different sin and we've said like, that sin is way harder. Or that sin right. is too, too hard or too far, whatever the case may be. When the truth is, no matter what sin somebody is in, there's always, I think, certain foundations that if we can address those in people's lives, that it can bring freedom to them and help them understand the design of God for their life. And so specifically with the LGBTQ community, you know, and, and listen, I do a lot on social media. I love social media. Here we are on a podcast. We're on YouTube. We're, we're all over the place, right? But I think sometimes we get, we're so easy or it's so easy for us to post our political ad- opinion or our ideology or our beliefs, which aren't bad at all. We should call out darkness 100%. But here's my question. When is the last time that we've invited somebody, especially in the LGBTQ community, who may not agree with us, who may not see how we see, when have we actually invited them into our house, into our home? When's the last time we've actually had a meal? We've actually engaged on a relational level. Because here's the truth. Nobody became a part of the LGBTQ community overnight. Like there was either trauma, there was pain, there's unbelief. I mean, there's so many things that could be there. But here's the deal. When I see the life of Jesus, when he hung out with the prostitutes and when he hung out with the tax collectors, he loved them, but he definitely shared the truth with them. And so I think, number one, let's invite them into our lives so they can see how we live, how our families operate. And this, the, the reason why I think we don't like to do that is because if we're not really living for the Lord, we don't want people to see what that looks like. Right. But the truth is, if we're living in purity and honoring the Holy Spirit, we should want people to see our lives so that they can say, oh my gosh, like, how is your family so healthy? Why are you successful, et cetera, et cetera. But then number two, we have to be willing to love these people, but also mm-hmm. share the truth with them. So many people are on one side or the other. I'm just going to love you, love you, love you. I don't want to say anything that might hurt your feelings, but then they don't ever share the truth. Well, the truth is if I say I love you, but I don't share the truth, do I actually love you? Right. <laughs> right? So I would say we have to invite people into the house, into heart relationships, actually hear their stories, listen to them, let them see our lives. And then as the Holy Spirit guides us, share the gospel and live a life that represents the gospel. Right. And I guess too, if you're, if you're going to be intentional, that brings us up to like, it calls the church, honestly, up to a higher level of actually like, okay, if we're, obviously we've had tons of prophetic words about the, the LGBTQ, like I hear people talk about all the time, like LGBTQ is going to be like the next Jesus people movement. And I think you've also kind of alluded to this as well if we're really intentionally as the church are going to like pursue that, obviously we have to kind of hold ourselves to a higher standard of, of living and be like, be real and be authentic um, to minister to those people. So, yeah, I think that, I think that's so, so, so powerful. So um, can you talk about maybe how, I guess I'm trying to trying to find a way to articulate this. What is how do we strike the balance between obviously because you mentioned giving them truth, but also being loving? How do how do you strike that balance of of not being judgmental, but also saying like, hey, like your lifestyle actually doesn't line up with the word of God? How how do you frame that in a way that isn't going to hurt them? Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that's so critical to understand is every person has such a different experience or a different lens from which they're seeing things. And so for me, it's like, okay, love and truth absolutely go hand in hand. And I think that's why the relationship aspect is so key, because here's the deal. right? I like to say it like this, you know, let's say you're walking down the street, somebody comes up to you and they just start shouting their beliefs at you. And they just tell you you're a horrible person, X, Y and Z, like, you're right. never going to, I mean, maybe one out of a hundred people would actually engage with that, but a majority mm-hmm. are going to be like, this person is crazy. They don't even know me. Like I'm out. So what I, the point I'm trying to make is what if when we actually have those moments to have a conversation, we say, Hey, listen, yeah, we might not see eye to eye, but check it out. I want you, if you're open to it, like I would love to have you over for dinner so that you can meet my family. I would love to hear more of your story. Like, I just want to do life with you. I'm not, I'm not here mm-hmm. to try to convince you into anything. I just want to simply I just want to simply represent who Jesus is to you. And you can make a decision what you want to do with that. But here's my life. I want to show you what it looks like. You know, I think that's such a different perspective than just saying, hey, well, let me let me quote, you know, first Corinthians and Genesis one and Romans one. I believe in the word of God. Absolutely. We need to share the truth. The point I'm making is without a relational aspect, I believe it's so challenging to actually allow some. It's so challenging for somebody to actually open their heart and their life to you 
because there's no relationship built. And even like when I look at the scriptures, I see Jesus. He was relationship guy 101, <laughs> whether it was his disciples, whether it was the lost, like whoever it was, he built relationship. And out of that place of relationship is where the truth flowed from. It's where he actually shared the reality of what the Bible, of what the Bible is and what the Bible said and who his father, AKA God was. So I'm just like, man, how do we, as the church, how do we actually allow for relationship to take place, which then allows real conversation, which then allows that person on the other side to actually begin to open their heart to receive what Jesus has for them. So I think the key is, is really building relationship. And that's, that's like, I just can't get off that. I'm like, where, where else are we going to go? We've tried everything else. We've, we post on Instagram. We, we post our, our opinions and the word of God. Amen. We should do all those things. But like, Who's actually going to sit down at the table? And I'm, th I'm thinking yeah. Jesus is waiting for a church who invite people to sit at the table and actually do life with. And so that's my that's my greatest encouragement. That is that is so good. And honestly, I think it that also kind of goes in line with what people have been saying about even house church movements of just bringing the church into more of an intimate place with each other. Cause I feel like sometimes when you go to like the, like if you go to church every Sunday, it's kind of like, Oh, you say hi and you make small talk with people, which is all fine and good. It's totally, it's totally fine. But sometimes we miss out on the authentic relationships in those places. And I think once the church even uh, turns more to that, to that sort of style where well, I, I agree that we'll probably see more people reach the LGBTQ community, but also like Gen Z, it's particularly, I feel like functions more that way. Um, so yeah, yeah, that is dude, so good. Uh, yeah. But speaking about Gen Z, I, I wanted to ask you your perspective on this. Why do you think our generation particularly is so enwrapped in the LGBT, LGBTQ community, gender confusion? Because it's, it's so pervasive. Um, I don't even know what the statistics is, but it's just so it's like I hear all the time people are saying, oh, like I'm coming out as this and that. And it's just it's just a very like potent struggle. So wh why our generation specifically? Like, why is God doing this now? I think two things, really three things. Number one, we as a generation, Gen Z, we are like a, a, a generation that longs for identity. Like we want to be identified with something that's bigger than ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's our generation. Like we want a cause, we want a goal, we want we want something that's bigger than ourselves. And I think the reason for that is, is because we're living in a time where there's so much tension on the earth in so many different areas. We're trying to find a place to root ourselves. Like I'm here, this is who I am, this is what I believe, this is what I stand for. And, and see the desire isn't wrong, some, but sometimes the expression is. And so what I'm really believing for for Gen Z is like, that's why we need to understand who we are as a son or daughter of God. And then we have to understand whose we are, that we are a child of God. We are a child of, of the one who created the heavens and the earth. But then not only that, if I, if I put all these things together, what I find really interesting is even from Genesis to the end of the Bible, we see this theme where sexual immorality just seems to be a thing for all generations. And the reason why I bring that up is not to diminish the purpose or not to diminish, you know, standing against darkness but this has been something that's been happening from the beginning till now and i think it's key to see that because when we understand that the enemy has these certain like things that he tries to keep doing over and over it actually for me it makes me it frees me up to say oh my gosh the enemy has already done this before I know what he's. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to cause an identity crisis so that they don't know who they are, so that he can run rampant in our nation and the nations of the earth. But then it gives me hope because every time in the Bible, when I see these things take place, God always raises somebody up or raises a people up, aka the church, to stand firm and to push back. And you know what's so interesting? I'm just going to go here for a sec. Elijah yep. fire, right? We're talking about Elijah. I've been really intrigued by the story of Elijah because Elijah, I feel like, is like Gen Z. Not many, okay. like there's nothing, there's nothing about Elijah. We don't really know anything about his upbringing. We don't really know anything about his family. All of a sudden he just steps onto the scene and he's this amazing prophet. And he's literally standing against the false gods of his culture. He, he's so confident in God that he's like, come to this mountain, bring all your people with you. And we're going to figure out who God really is. Whose God is God? Like, I'm like, dude, that sounds like Gen Z. Like, I feel like that's the question that we have in our heart. We're like, who is God? Who, yeah. who who really is in control? Who is the one with power? Who is the one mm -hmm. who actually save and heal and deliver us? And so I know I kind of went all over the place there, but I'm no, just you're like, good. Go there. Please. 
Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. I'm like, God, for Gen Z, we're longing for identity. We're longing for something bigger than ourselves. And I believe that as we begin to step into seeing who we are and whose we are, that will allow us to walk in the fullness of what God has designed for us. And so my encouragement and the reason why Gen Z is such a big emphasis in our ministry and just in my personal life is like, if the enemy, let me say it like this. Every healthy nation typically has healthy families, but every fallen nation typically has fallen families. And so if the enemy can control the narrative of the next generation of the children of the younger ones, then he can ultimately control the nation. And that's why it's so important to stand for our children. To, and I don't even have children yet, but to stand for yeah. our children for the children so that the next generation is raised up as those who know God, who understand who he is and stand against the enemy in the times to come. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm right with you there, man, because I don't have children either, but I am always more so forward thinking. I'm definitely thinking more in terms of legacy and like, okay, so like, what am I doing now that is going to impact people in the future? Because I have a huge passion for obviously our own generation, but also Gen Alpha uh, and the ones coming after. It's just like, okay, obviously God is wanting to expose and correct something with Gen Z and actually bring real transformation within our generation, but also seeing as, okay, once this stuff is all uprooted, what is Gen Alpha going to walk into? You know, what, like, what kind of stuff are they going to be contending for or even carrying on from what we're doing now? So that's, I think that's just so powerful to think of, like, it's not just about, it's not just about us. I mean, because we do talk about Gen Z a lot and we also talk, we, focus on millennials and Gen Z here on the show, but it's not just about us. It's about also, it's both past and future. Um, But yeah, and I think this isn't in your notes, but I saw that you posted this on your Instagram about Gen Z and Gen Z being a weapon. Do you want to maybe touch on that a little bit? Because I thought what you said was so cool and I think it should be shared again here. So if you want to get into that. Yeah, Yeah. honestly, it's super simple. I was uh, invited to speak at Gen Z for Jesus with Brian Barcelona, amazing team, love them so much. And uh, I was asked to share the gospel and I had this thought, which I believe the Holy Spirit gave me. And I was like, Gen Z, Gen Z, like the whole focus of the event was Gen Z. And I was like, does that letter Z like mean anything? Like, Like Gen Z, you know? And so sure enough, I look up the letter Z in the Hebrew, which much of the Old Testament and much of the Bible is written in. And the definition for that letter Z was a weapon or a sword or to be armed. And so the question that I posed is I was like, could Gen Z be the generation? Mm-hmm. It's the weapon in the hand of God to push back the enemy, to push back darkness, to push back the devil. And so that's what I'm believing for Gen Z. Like Gen Z is a weapon. And that's why there's such a fight and such a pull on the generation. Because I believe, like, I know everybody says this, well, the next generation is always a revival generation. Duh. I'm like, I'm like, amen. I'm like, I'm like, duh. Like, I want to say that for every generation, Gen Z, Gen A, Gen Alpha, whatever generation. Like, if we don't believe it's the revival generation, like, then what's like, might as well just wrap it up and go home. And so, uh, yeah, anyways, to get back on, on topic, I'm just like, Gen Z, could they be a weapon in the hand of God that is ready, that's armed to go to battle, to defeat the enemy and to usher in the next great move of God in America and the nations of the earth? So that's what I'm believing for, for for Gen Z. Yeah, amen. Yeah, me me too. So all you Gen Zs out there, y'all y'all are weapons, and you know, make sure you're really. Um, and I was even thinking about the whole weapon thing, like really utilize truth in the Word of God, because really that's what's gonna combat this whole even LGBTQ agenda is just truth, and what is truth is the Word of God, and the Word of God is a sword. So connecting all those little dots together for you guys. So, um, but anyway, I wanted to also touch on, you have in your notes here about evangelism. So what is on your heart to share about evangelism? What do we need to know? I mean, honestly, like it's, you know what I think is so interesting? Like I know as the church, like we are called to the great commission, right? So we should be preaching the gospel, making disciples, healing the sick, baptizing people. But you know, I've just had this like very simple thought and I keep, I keep sharing it everywhere I go. And people are like, Ross, like, how do I evangelize? Like, well, you know, how do I share my faith? Like, I want to see people saved. How do I do that in my everyday life? And my my question or my answer is so simple: open your mouth. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like so many people, they want strategy and like, amen. Like, I'm all for strategy. I'm all for like practicality. But I'm like, if you never actually just use your voice and just share your testimony or share the gospel with somebody, like, nothing's gonna happen. Romans ten, right? How will they hear unless somebody is sent? 
right? Like how will they know unless somebody tells them? How will they hear unless somebody actually opens their mouth? And so I think for evangelism, my heart is honestly super simple. I'm just believing for the church. That's every person who calls himself a believer in Jesus to just begin to open your mouth. Like you might not know what to say, but whether you have a word of knowledge or no word of knowledge, whether you know the person, don't know the person, are you willing to put yourself in a position where it's like, God, I have faith to such a capacity that I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to believe that you're going to fill it. You're going to speak through me and you're going to touch this person in front of me. And, and really that's what, that's, that's all it is. I'm like, let's just begin to share. Let like, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's the power of what death and life in our tongue. So it's like, if we possess power in our words, then why aren't we using them? And not only that, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me a few years back. He said, Ross, the greatest thing I breathe in is I love the gifts. Amen. All that. But he's like, the greatest thing I breathe on is those who are willing to share the gospel. The Holy Spirit's full-time job <laughs> is to reveal Jesus. So when you begin to share your testimony and share Jesus with people, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit will always back that up. And so I just encourage any person watching who is a believer in Jesus, whether you know the person, whether you feel a pull in your heart or not, just open your mouth, share your story, share the gospel, and watch what the Holy Spirit will do. That's so awesome. So... I guess I want to kind of give them some maybe practical steps of like, okay, so say you're in the checkout line at the grocery store, you know, and you maybe have five minutes with this person, like, and maybe you don't have time to give them your full story, or maybe you don't have the time to kind of go into like, oh my gosh, like, how do you just plant little baby seeds for them in those, like, in those few moments that maybe you're just like passing the grocery line, like what? What are some things that maybe people can say? Like, how do people practically walk this out? Totally. Great question. I love the presence. I love the prophetic, but I also love the practical. So, you know, one thing that I do is like, if I have a word of knowledge for somebody or I feel like God's like speaking to me about somebody, I'll just go up to them, whether it's the gym, the grocery store, whatever. And I'll just say like, hey, like what real quick, what's your name? That's always key. Ask the person their name. Like, like it's just just normal. It's friendly. Like it doesn't, it's just like, hey, like what's your name? They'll say, let's just say the the girl said, let's just say the person says, my name is Jessica. I'm like, oh, awesome, Jessica. Like my name is Ross. Hey, I just wanted to share something with you real quick. Um, You know, typically when I'm, you know, out and about in my day, sometimes like Jesus will speak to me about people. And I really felt like he said this uh, to, he said this to me for you. And I just want to share it with you real quick. And then I'll just share whatever that is, whether it's like a prophetic word, whether it's an encouragement, a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, whatever. And then what I'll do is I'll ask them like, does that resonate with you? Or has that happened to you? Or is there anything that, that kind of con- that connects within your life? And obviously from there, there's so many routes that can happen. If they say yes, I'm like, ding, ding, ding. Like this is Jesus. He's like ready to like save this person. And I'll just share like, hey, the reason why Jesus speaks to me or spoke to me about you is because he wants you to know that he cares about your life and he loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not pointing a finger at you. He actually loves you and wants you to know he's so real. And I just want to share this with you real quick. It's going to take like only 30 seconds. I just want to share who Jesus is and I'll preach the simple gospel. Like Jesus came to the earth, died on the cross. He gave his life so that you and I could have access back to God. And then I'll just ask him like, is this something like, do you want to know God in your life? Like, do you want to know who Jesus is? And if they say yes, take them through a simple salvation prayer. Now, if they say no to any of those things, then I'm just like, hey, well, you know what? I'm on this journey of hearing the voice of God. And sometimes I'm wrong. But here's one thing I know no matter what. He loves you. He's real. And he longs for you to come and know who he is. And, you know, so there's so many different things you can do. But that's like one practical way I approach. Um, Another thing you could do, especially if you're like somewhere at a grocery store or a gas station, I mean, buy the person's meal. I don't know, buy their groceries. Like do something. Like, and I, I, I'll i be honest, I personally have not done this yet. And I heard somebody say it. I was like, oh my gosh, like it's such an easy way to like open yeah. the door. Like imagine, imagine you're in the gr- a grocery line and literally somebody's like buying the groceries and you just like walk around them real quick and you put your card in like the, in the little card reader. Oh, wow. And you're just like, hey, I'm just want to buy these for you. And they're like, what? Like, why? I'm like, oh, you know, Jesus loves you so much. And I just wanted to buy your, your, your groceries for you. Like, you just don't know where the conversation is going to uh-huh. go from there. Um, so those are some practical things that I think we can do in our everyday lives to just open the door to Jesus for people. Yeah. I never thought about like sidestepping over somebody to be like, just casually. Just... Yeah, yeah. Or if you have cash, just like drop, just be like, Hey, I just want to get, I just want to pay for this. Boom. I don't know. You know, something yeah, like that. Yeah. That's so, it's, it's so, it's, it's so mind blowing how like really simple everything regarding the gospel is. But when you try to apply it practically, it's like, I think, I think sometimes we overthink it mm-hmm. and we, we get hung up on like, Oh, that's like super uncomfortable because for me, even like 
share like being like Jesus loves you in the grocery line is kind of like for me and here I am you know producing large fire that's honestly a little bit out of my comfort zone because I don't I'm not I guess I don't don't say that I'm not bold I'm just not as like forefront with it I'm more like I have been intentional about like making sure I'm looking people in the eye when I'm in the grocery line and actually like asking them intentionally about totally. their day and like being like actually care about what they say because you know like you pass by somebody and you're like how are you and people are like oh good and I feel like that's just an American custom of saying hi at this point but we don't actually say how we are so actually like really paying attention to like how their day is and be like oh I'm so sorry that you're not having a great day like kind of and do those things so yeah I feel like you know, just generally yeah yeah and here's two quick stories just to encourage people like there's so many routes you can go like there's so many things like for example i i literally was at the airport i got off the airplane i looked to my right i see this lady and i just like feel the heart of god like literally pull on me and i was like i didn't really know what to say and so i but i knew holy spirit was like highlighting her so i just walked up to her i said hey i just want to ask you a random question like what do you need hope for is there anything you need hope for today and she literally said, this is the four-year anniversary of my husband passing away. And that wow. opened the whole door to, like, pray for her and share the gospel with her. You know, another question that God has, like, placed on my heart, and it's a fun one, honestly, is, like, and I actually said this to somebody, and they literally gave their life to Jesus in that moment. It was so powerful. Somebody was walking by, and I said, hey, you. And I just started talking to them. I'm like, I, I have a question. I just want to ask you this random question if you're okay with it. They're like, sure. I was like, if I told you that right now you could have a completely brand new life, that all pain, all trauma, all things of your past could literally be no longer in your life. Like you could be completely free from those and live a brand new life. Like, would you want that? And they're like, yeah, I would. And I was like, perfect. Let me explain to you how. And then boom, I just share like the reality of like what it means to be a born again Christian. Like there's like, you can get creative with this thing. Like you don't have to say what I say if you want to. Amen. It's not mine. It's the Lord's. But I'm just saying you can get creative with it. Like whether it's just a Jesus loves you or it's like asking a question like, there's so many ways. So just ask the Lord, like, how can I be creative and engaging in a mm -hmm. conversation with somebody? Yeah, yeah, too. That is that's so good. And Michael uh, wrote backstage. He was just saying, even uh, paying and saying God bless, uh, so sees that someone else can harvest. And yeah, I definitely agree with that. Just just being intentional about like planting seeds because I know sometimes sometimes we want to try and like rush the process and this is something I was thinking about with the LGBTQ thing too is like sometimes we want to rush the process of somebody getting saved that we try to just like preach the gospel to them and then like oh well they like they have to pray the prayer right now and sometimes God also does things in process like you know see there's seed plant and harvest and there's yeah. time in that and there's process in that and like some things aren't immediate so don't be discouraged if somebody is like eh, you know or like doesn't doesn't want to like immediately just come to jesus because so sometimes it takes time but also going back to the lgbtq thing i did want to ask this um how how can we be more gracious when lgbtq people do come to christ and actually uh help them in like in their process because i know sometimes when we hear somebody who uh gets saved out of the lgbtq we can kind of be like oh well you like instantly don't struggle or you instantly are like completely out of the light style or like you're instantly delivering yeah that does happen but sometimes mm -hmm. people are still gonna have mannerisms or still have like actions and tendencies yeah. so like how how can we position ourselves to be more gracious as these yeah. prodigals are coming home. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of yeah. two things. Number one, specifically, like you referred to it earlier, when the hippies got saved in the Jesus people movement, when they actually showed up at church, the church complained because the hippies, they smelled, you know, they were, they were coming in barefoot. The, the carpet was getting tore up on the floor. And there's like this infamous, you know, story of Chuck Smith, basically, he was receiving these complaints from the from the church saying we don't like the hippies here like they're messing up the carpet he said rip up the carpet <laughs> yeah you know but the point being what the point being there is like we have to be willing when these people step into our churches and step into our lives like to understand that this is why discipleship is so critical right like this is literally the great commission and here's something to take pressure off the church right and when i say pressure i'm not saying take accountability off that's a whole different ball game like what I'm saying is it's not me or you or anybody else who's going to save this person and actually do the work. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. 
What we do as Christians is we come alongside that work because we've had experience. We've, we're, bit, we're maybe a little further along that process. We can give language to what their heart's feeling. We can explain the scriptures to them because of the revelation that God's given us that they may not have at that moment. So really what discipleship is, it's not you and I, and I'm speaking to myself here. It's not you and I leading somebody into the Lord. It's actually us partnering with the spirit of God, with the Holy Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, you're doing the work in this person. Now, how do I as a brother or sister come along that work and help that process out? Because that's what you've called me to do as a believer. And so I think with the LGBTQ community, and once again, this is why we have to take the, the like we have to get the lens of religion off of us and we have to get the lens of culture off of us and we have to have the lens of Jesus. And what I mean by that is when somebody has a mannerism that maybe it maybe to us to, in our natural eye goes, OK, that is something that I would associate somebody living the LGBTQ lifestyle. But they just got saved. It's like, hey, yes, I believe in process. I also believe in one moment changing everything. So it's like what my, what I'm saying is, is I'm going to partner with Holy Spirit saying, I believe that in a moment, all of this can be shifted. And if I don't see that happen, I'm still going to continue to walk with them. I'm still going to continue to read the word. I'm still going to continue to do life with them. And I think if we can come to that place where our faith is operating and seeing in one moment, everything flip. And if for some reason we don't see that, we don't go, oh, I messed up or, you know, this is, too, I don't know what to do. No, no. Say, okay, Holy Spirit. That might not have gone the way I wanted it to or what I believe, but guess what? This person still matters and I'm going to walk with them and teach me, Holy Spirit, how to partner with you so that these things in their life can be broken off of them as they walk and grow in intimacy with you. So I think that's how I think that's one of the best things we can do for that community. Yeah, that that's so good. And just, yeah, and I love what you said about taking the pressure off yourself because sometimes I feel like we definitely like we can definitely fall into that of like, oh, I have to do everything when really it's just your conduit, <laughs> you're the vessel. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's Holy Spirit doing everything uh, through you. And I think he even talked about this maybe when I uh, had my interview with Jeff um, a while back, if you guys saw that, but I even talked about like, really, it's just, God is just asking for your best and you bring that to the table and you let him do with that what what he can do. And he just supplies everything else that you need in that situation. So yeah, letting the Holy Spirit just guide and work is so, so crucial. So yeah, definitely Amen. with you there. But um, I did want to make sure we covered this because this was actually a pretty interesting thing that I saw in your notes was um, <laughs> all the creation grounds, the groanings of creation in Romans chapter eight. And I'm like, huh, I haven't actually thought about this verse in a little bit. So I actually read the passage today before we jumped on here. But why don't we talk about <laughs> Romans 8 and what God is speaking to you through that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think honestly, especially as we've seen what's happening in Israel, what's still happening, you know, everybody is like, I mean, social media has been crazy. And once again, I use social media. I love social media. But let me just make this clear. Like if you're tuning in more to the news of the world, it's a social media than the narrative in heaven then like there's an issue there, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so the reason why I say that is because as I saw everything happening in Israel these past couple of weeks, the Lord really just highlighted Romans 8 to me. And, you know, in that scripture, it talks about that all creation is groaning for the day that the sons and daughters of God will be revealed. But not only that, it says that even us as believers groan because we've had a foretaste of the future glory of, of since we have Holy Spirit in us. And then lastly, it says that the Holy Spirit groans for us with utterances that we, that we, we don't even, that we can't even understand. So you're like, okay, Ross, like groaning, what is going on here? This, this is weird. No, no, no. What God, what I believe God is saying in that scripture is as we see things intensify in the natural, as we see things intensify in the nations of the earth, we as Christians must intensify our time in the secret place. As things get crazy in the public place, as things get crazy in the world, in culture, media, music, entertainment, as Christians, this should be like, we should have like alarms going off all over our our like body and in our spirit. Spend time with God, get in the secret place, pray, read the word of God, take communion daily, like hone in on relationship with Jesus. And so what God has been, what God really marked me with is one, like we said, All creation is groaning. When you see trauma, when you see war, when you see all these things happening, it's just creation longing for God. And some of them don't even know it. Most of them don't even know it. But they're longing for Jesus to come back, that they may have the fullness of peace, joy, and life, right? But the second portion is as believers, it says that we also groan. And the reason why we groan is not like the unbeliever. 
We groan because we've had a foretaste of this glory of God, and we are longing for the fullness of that to come to come to reality. And that's only going to take place when Jesus returns to the earth and sets up his kingdom. And so I just want to encourage any believer out there. Have you ever been praying before? And like, you just didn't have words. It was, it's like kind of weird. You're like, I don't really know what yeah. to pray, but I'm just like, ah, like I'm just feeling like this, like you, overwhelming, you, like you feel it. Yeah. Help Elijah fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah fire and the Elijah fire podcast possible. Visit Elijah slash give and become a partner today. Yeah. And, and I just want to say, lean into the groans of God because what they do is, you know, Jeremiah and Hosea talks about that. There's a scripture that talks about, Break up the fallow ground of our heart. Break up the mm. plow up the hardened ground of our hearts. And I believe as we groan and hunger and desire and cry out for God, it breaks things off of us. It breaks off apathy and heartbreak and disappointment, whatever we're going through. And then the last thing I'll say about this, and if you have any questions, we can keep chatting about it. But the Holy Spirit is groaning through you and in you for the will of God to manifest in your life. And so I just believe that's what we're living in. We're living in a time where we're seeing these things actually take place in the natural and it's causing the spirit in us to begin to groan. And so I just encourage you lean into the tension. God loves you. He desires you and he wants you to come to him. So that's what the Lord has been showing me. Yeah, that that's so good. And I, and I actually like, I love that it's, it's not just, it's not just limited to humanity that it's actually something like the whole, if you think about like the whole earth, you're thinking about everything around you is being affected. So just even like the mm -hmm. ground, and I've been thinking a lot about um, just, I've been reading Leviticus a little bit lately and just thinking about how like the Lord's actually talked about um, how sin was affecting the land. And I, I haven't done a full study on this. So y'all, well, if I butcher good. this, if I butcher this, just give me, give me grace. But it talks about how like the land would sweep people out because of the sin. And like, that's why the Lord is driving these people out of the land. It's just, it, it affects, it affects everything you guys. So yes. yeah. So, the, so it's like, it's just so, I don't know, it, it, that blows my mind that God is so interwoven into everything that is all of creation groans. It's not just, God doesn't just care, like, yes, we, like, he does care about humanity so much. Like, he even says, like, you know, don't I, like, if I'm going to yeah. take care of a sparrow, aren't I going to take care of you even more so, you know, but it's just that he cares about everything. And, um, and yeah, that just, man, that just blows my mind, just the massiveness of all of that. But yeah, um, but yeah, and I think it. I just think it's so crucial that we really do press in and take that time to pray and um, intercede. What are some, what are some things like some? Because you said you you love the practical. I love the practical too. So, mm -hmm. what are some things people can do? Like if they really want to tap into that groaning and that intercession, if they're really feeling a pull, like what are some practical things that people can do to sort of like really press into that place? Because we say press in. Yeah. But what does that mean practically? Because somebody might not even yeah. have a frame of reference for that. Yeah. You know, I, I've been really tracking with Corey Russell. I'm sure many people probably heard of Corey Russell. He's just been an intercessor for years. And he's really pioneered and plowed and taught so much on what it means to actually pray. And, uh, you know, he said something that marked me. He said, you know, the disciples who spent time with literally spent time with Jesus for three years, they didn't ask him, hey, Jesus, teach us how to preach. <laughs> they asked him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And so I just believe, you know, as a believer, prayer should be a part of my, our lives. And, and, and once again, I'm even growing in these things. Like, I, it, it's, it's so funny. Like, this is yeah. God is so good. Like, he'll give you a revelation that you're not even fully walking in yet. Right? And you're like, God, like, like, I'm not even fully walking in this yet, you know. <laughs> but I, I would say some things that I've done practically is actually set aside some time on the front end and the back end of my day that I can actually, I'm not on a phone. I don't have any music on. Worship music isn't bad. I play worship music all day long, but like just having time where there's literally nothing going on, no, there, there's just silence so that I can simply hone in my heart and my mind and my spirit with the Lord. And so I would just encourage you when we're talking about the groans and pressing in and prayer, you might have a feeling like you might actually feel this or you might not be feeling a thing at all. But guess what? Scripture says we don't live by feelings. We live by faith, right? So the point being here is, 
when, when is the last time, you know, ha- that we've set aside one hour and said, God, I'm just going to give you one hour. I'm not going to have anything going on, no phone, no music, no TV, no nothing. And I'm just going to sit with you for an hour. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to whatever that looks like for you. And so I believe that's what we can do to press in in this hour. And here's one, here's one little thing that I felt the Lord tell me and I, I felt released to share. I felt like the Lord spoke to me that spoke this to me last week. He said, pray for my land and pray for the loss. If you don't know what to do, pray for his land. What's, what's his land? Israel. And who are in, what's the loss? Any person that doesn't know him. So if you don't know what to do, start in those two places. Pray for Israel and pray for the lost. And I guarantee as you begin to do that, your mind, God will start opening things up in your heart. And next thing you know, you're praying for things. You're like, how did I even get here? So I think those are some really practical tips. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's good to have maybe just a general list of things that you want, like maybe just have a sticky note on your bathroom mirror of just things you kind of want to uh, keep to the forefront of your mind to pray for. Like I have sticky notes all over my uh, computer monitors here of like mm-hmm. different things I need to be praying for. So I'll look at them and I'll and I'll pray. But even just having those simple things of like, okay, Israel and the loss, that is so, so practical. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is so good. And also... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. No, you're good. no, no, I was just gonna say, um, I totally lost my train of thought. So, so you guys, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll say it. Yeah. yeah, another thing, and I'm giving Corey Russell the credit for this. I'm not taking credit for this, but he, when he talks about prayer, he said another thing that marked me. He said, prayer begins with us looking at the Lord. Like it doesn't right. begin with us speaking. It doesn't begin begin with us like and, and listen. Like I, I'm all like I, like the Lord just shared with me practically how to pray. But it's like what I've been doing in my personal life is before I even open my mouth, I'm just like, God, I want to look at you. Jesus, let me see what you see. Mm-hmm. Let me see who you are. Let me see you. Let me remind me of what you've done. And then out of that place of beholding him, out of that place of fixing my gaze and my attention and my affection on him, let prayer come out of that place. Because so many times it's so easy for us, especially because we're in the we're here in the West. You know, we're so like we're so processed, which is not bad. Like processes aren't bad. But sometimes, like, I've, I've caught myself, like, I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm going to pray. Let me get into it. Here's X, Y, Z. It's like, it's not bad, but I'm like, wait, wait, wait. God, let me behold you. Let me see you first and let prayer be birthed out of that place. And so I just encourage any person, like, get your list. Amen. Hallelujah. But also just look at him first. See who he is. Be reminded of his power and his glory and his strength. And then let prayer flow out of that place. Man, it's, it's a different ballgame. Yeah, absolutely. And also thankfulness that you reminded me of what I was going to say. Thankfulness. Start with just being thankful. And I think that personally helps me get into that place of deeper prayer of like, thank you, Lord, for this. And it could even be like, thank you, Lord, for hot showers. I do that a lot. Actually, I'm like, thank you, Lord, for hot showers. It can be as simple as that. So, yeah, yeah, but it really opens up. It really opens up that place. So, Ross, why don't you go ahead, speaking of prayer, why don't you go ahead and pray for the listeners? And if you got, if you have um, any like words or any words of knowledge or stuff, stuff you want to release, just go for it. Yeah. Well, Lord, we yeah. just pray. God, I just thank you for every person listening. Holy Spirit, I pray for the spirit of revival to mark our hearts afresh, God, that we would begin to see the scrolls of our life. God, what you've spoken over us as sons and daughters of God. And so I pray right now, Lord, that as we live in this Romans 8 time of the groaning of creation, the groaning of believers, God, I pray that as Christians, we would press into your purposes and to your presence, to your face and to your heart. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray for any person right now who's listening to this, God, that you would begin to mark them with a fresh hunger for your word and a fresh hunger for prayer and for your presence. Lord, I just pray any apathy or heartbreak or disappointment, God, that has tried to entangle any person's heart or mind, we just say be broken off in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God that breaks every yoke. And Lord, I thank you for every person who's listening at this moment, God, I ask that you would begin to release Joel chapter two, prophetic dreams and visions in the night, God, of what they should do, what to say yes to, what to say no to. So Lord, release your presence, God. We want to see you. We want to know you in a fresh matter. And God, I pray for greater awareness of your presence everywhere we go. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to, uh, have a little bit shorter of an interview today guys just because i know ross has got some places he has to be but ross why don't you um if there's anything else you really feel led to share go for it but why don't you tell people how they can follow you 
Yeah, I mean, the best way, honestly, is social media. YouTube and Instagram are the best. Uh, if you just type in my name, Ross Johnston, which you see here on the screen, I'll pop up. If you have questions or anything anything you want to share, send it to me. I check all my messages. People are like, do you really check? I'm like, yes, I literally check all my messages because I love connecting with people. So YouTube or Instagram, Ross Johnston is the best way to connect. Um, I also have a website, rossjohnston.co, C-O, and there's just so much more information on there. Um, but yeah, I would love to connect with you. would love to chat with you. It's all about building family for the kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys have, and why don't you talk about too, you guys have another event coming up on October 31st. So why don't you tell people how they can attend or what they can do to get more information? Because I really want people to be able to go. Yeah, so you guys also see on the screen, I, lead, I co-lead a ministry with my friend Joel, who's been here on the show as well, called California Will Be Saved. And so what we do is we do outside gatherings. Like we go like right down in the middle of downtowns. We've done Hollywood Boulevard, San Francisco, LA, you name it. And we bring a full sound system. We worship, we preach the gospel, we baptize people in horse troughs or the ocean. <laughs> and then we plug them into local churches. So our last a gathering of the year is on Halloween um, in the gas lamp area of San Diego, which is actually like the bar and club area. And we're going wow. down there because it's a day that people celebrate death and darkness, but we're there to give a life because Jesus said, I came to give life and life abundantly. So we're going to worship Jesus. We're going to preach the gospel. We have multiple pastors and churches coming. So all our events are completely free. If you want more info, you'll see it on my Instagram or my YouTube, or you can also go to the website you see here on the screen. Um, but yeah, we'd love to see you guys there. We're believing for many people to get saved. Cool. Okay, guys. So you guys know the drill. All of his, all the links to his socials will be down in the description. So drop him a follow for sure. Stay up to date. I need to, I need to personally make sure I'm checking in a little bit more just to see what God's doing in California. Cause you guys, I'm in Oregon. So you guys are just right below where we are. So I am yeah. just, yeah, it's so amazing what God's doing. So I can't wait to hear more about it. Maybe later, we'll, maybe we'll have to do a follow up and be like, how'd that Come go? On. So, yeah. so yeah. But anyway, bless you guys. Just one more quick announcement before I let y'all go for the day and y'all can enjoy your weekend. Next Wednesday, just a reminder, we are starting our next series, Spiritual Warfare with Julie Lopez. Do not miss that. Also on Monday, we are being joined again with Audrey Frabel and our lovely Jen Lowen is gonna be hosting that interview as well. And I think, I think it's just gonna be a great, great interview. Do not miss out. So that's on Monday and we will see you guys then. Bye y'all. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 